Fire. Our first true piece of technology. 100,000 BC, stone tools. 4,000 BC, the wheel. 9th century AD, gunpowder. 19th century, Eureka, the light bulb. 20th century, the automobile, television, nuclear weapons, spacecraft, internet. The internet is amazing. 21st century, biotech, nanotech, fusion and fission and M-theory. And that was just the first decade. We are now three months into the year of our Lord, 2023. At this moment in our civilization, we can create cybernetic individuals who, in just a few short years, will be completely indistinguishable from us. Which leads to an obvious conclusion. We are the gods now. Welcome to the Technocratic Oath. I'm your host, Aaron Hockett. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Lots of interesting things to talk about tonight. Lots of interesting things. Digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, cash, coins, cards, rewards. What's it going to be next? Tonight we're going to take a look at CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies, and what that has for implications to your family, yourself, your friends, and other people around you. Lots to discuss tonight. Let's go ahead and get into it. And join me on this journey that we look at central bank digital currency. Very interesting stuff. Uh, a little bit about myself um, and why I'm making this podcast, especially about this this series. Uh, you know, the technocratic oath. What what that means to me. Uh, so my name. Uh, is Aaron Hockett. I live in uh, Portland, Oregon. Been a native my entire life. My heritage uh, is Native American, <clears throat> and uh, mixes some other things. Um, but uh, starting to get involved uh, with my um, local tribe on various different things. That's been a slow-moving process, just on several different fronts, which I'll probably talk about later um, however what it looks like uh, in terms of the te- technocratic oath uh, actually let's back up a little bit so my background background is I've been in uh, information technology uh, for the last 20 years um, I started out uh, working, ironically, working at Starbucks uh, before I got my big break working at Intel uh, here in in 
uh, Oregon. And uh, I've been in the industry now for 20 years. I've worked in various different industries, such as uh, high industrial tech, so Intel, um, industrial, um, telecommunications, um, health insurance, uh, so, you know, akin to um, healthcare. Um, what else? Uh, worked at a local um, college. So I got was in education. Uh, it's where I actually got my bachelor's in business administration. And gosh, what else? Um, another stint in telecommunications, working in a knock. Uh, worked at Nike for almost seven and a half years. And then uh, in my current role um, as chief architect uh, at my at my current role. Uh, and <laughs> for for anybody who wonders, you know, kind of what what that looks like in terms of a role, uh, what people don't tell you, it's like, you know, how do you not sound like an a-hole saying, oh, yeah, I'm a chief architect. It's like, well, essentially... Uh, the the dirty secret that no one really wants to tell you is the fact that most of the time uh, <laughs> companies of any shape and size don't actually ever have a strategy in terms of what it is that they're going going out and setting forth to go do. <laughs> and so what I have the gifting or ability to do is having all of the various different industries I've worked in uh, I have the ability to go in, look at the processes of how things are being done today. Excuse me, and essentially build a business plan model on how to transition that into uh, the next phase of the life cycle of the company. Um, not only do I get to do that for our customers at our current job, I'm currently doing that in, internally at the company as well. Uh, and so then <clears throat> the the podcast, the the technocratic oath has been on my to-do list for a while because it has been uh, the intersection of business, finance, opinion, and kind of the um, a technology thread that runs through all of that. So that's kind of some background on, on what it is. And, and today, uh, one of the stories that caught my attention uh, recently was uh, Joe Rogan had Post Malone uh, on his show, and of course they were talking about the U.S. government CBDCs. Now, <clears throat> if you're not familiar or have never heard of what a CDB <laughs> CBDC is, because you know that's always that's always fun to say, right? The C CBDC is a central bank digital currency. So <clears throat> kind of thinking about it in two ways, right? Today, the money that you get from your job that you have, right, is deposited into your bank account. That bank account then essentially has to say by the Federal Reserve, right, uh, FDIC, uh, or, you know, if you really want in on the joke, FDIC, right, <clears throat> Uh they are responsible for backing the U.S. dollars that the United States Treasury will actually print. Now, uh, one of the things that is most interesting over the last 
you know, I guess you could say 35 plus years of my, of my life essentially is learning and understanding how exactly the United States treasury is not your friend. And what I mean by that is they have a mandate in order to uh, placate the rest of the world as to use the U.S. dollar. Now, for a consumer, right, uh, who transacts in, in U.S. dollar, that's really good for you and me, right? Because that means the dollar will be stronger or weaker depending on how advantageous it is to the United States government. Now, did it always used to be like this? Of course not. And outside of the scope is kind of going back and saying, you know, how Nixon took us off the gold standard and what that meant and a whole bunch of other things. But if you do your own research and, and kind of look at it, you know, <clears throat> of course, the United States Treasury is not anyone's friend, um, regardless of what Jay Powell or Jerome Powell will tell you. Um, so this episode, I'm going to take a look at, at three points really quick with the CBDCs. Again, the central bank digital currency. So first of all, the CBDCs, okay? The whole point of that is to have a, what I'm going to call a universal ledger, okay? The universal ledger is going to be something in which any transaction of any kind is going to then be recorded if and when it touches a currency network okay so again a universal ledger that then records every single transaction that deals or touches currency now why is that such a big deal well if you've been around cryptocurrency or blockchain in I don't know, basically the last eight to 10 years, right? You know that Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, Cardano, EOS, Litecoin, right? All of these things have ledgers. The blockchain has, you know, essentially a Microsoft access database of all the transactions of uh, people sending Bitcoins and Ether and uh, tokens and all that fun stuff across the network. And that is not itself a bad thing. That is a byproduct of what the cryptocurrency is supposed to do, right? Because again, the high level on Bitcoin is the fact that the miners are securing that ledger based on the proof of work that they have to air quote mine, right? In terms of making sure that uh, the proof of work for the security mechanism is done correctly so that the ledger is validated and secured. Now, Central bank digital currency <clears throat> may or may not have any of those things uh, that cryptocurrency has, right? The only thing that they want is they want uh, a single source of truth. So if you have watched uh, essentially uh, any of the um, debates out in the public sector, you know, public sector such as Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Russell Brand is another good one, right? Talking talking about some of these. Um, more or less, they have been talking about it addresses the fact that the United States government, or you could make the argument all world governments, want to see how and when you spend your money. Okay? So universal ledger. That's first point number two.
Look, with eCoin equal to $1, it'll free up the economy. The only reason why you're here first is because you don't want to get slapped with regulations. But if you are indeed asking, then I am saying no. It's unconstitutional. You can't make your own currency. That is the federal government's job. The problem here is hard cash is fading rapidly. That's just the way of the world right now. And Bitcoin is spreading. And if Bitcoin takes over, we are all in a world of hell. With eCoin, we control the ledger and the mining servers. We are the authority. I will make sure you have visibility into every single wallet that's open, every loan, every transaction, which means we can start making new assets, which means we can start rebuilding the banking sector without your having to inject even more politically unpalatable federal funds into it. This is going to be controlled by a good old-fashioned American company. You want to regulate it? Be my guest. Regulate the shit out of it. I'll give you back doors, side doors, trace it, whatever you want. Just don't shut it down. How long have you been pressing this pedal? How long have you been plotting against me? Oh, come on, Jack. We've, we've known each other for years. You know full well I, I don't give a shit about you. Defeats can still be profitable. Uh, and then for point number two... <clears throat> Building on top of the universal ledger then means lack of any privacy anywhere, anytime. Okay. So again, lack of privacy anywhere, anyhow, anytime, right? The reason why this is so important is because what this will do <clears throat> is this will usher in essentially the fact that uh, anytime you buy a Coke or a Pepsi or bag of Doritos at the gas station, next time you fill your car up with gas, um, shout out to Oregonians that can now pump their own gas. Uh, true story. I actually left my gas cap open, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when I left the, uh, the Costco, um, gas pump and someone, some kind stranger was kind enough to tell me that I had left it open. So shout out to that person. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, today or sometime down the road, appreciate it. Um, anytime you spend or transact, whether, you know, again, it's at the gas station, it's at McDonald's, it's at a movie theater, it's for Taylor Swift tickets, or it's buying crypto. Doesn't matter how or when you transact the United States government wants to know about what you're spending your money on. So the example I use with this is uh, if you have something set up uh, like I do um, where I ascribe to the theory of velocity banking. Velocity banking uh, is where you basically put um, all of your bills and consolidated debt uh, essentially onto a singular credit card and then you go through and basically use your income flow to pay that off as quickly as you can. Um, essentially then if you think about like, you know, a chase or a Wells Fargo, excuse me, or a Citibank card, right? They have categorization of basically everything that you spend money on. So if you funnel everything through your credit card, much like what I'm doing, you can get very granular 
readouts in terms of what I'm spending money on. Well, imagine that style of pie graph dashboard except for everything that you do in your life. How much money you spend on rent, how much money you spend on gas, how much money you spend um, eating out, where you eat out, um, you know, spending uh, money at the pharmacy. What are you spending your money on at the pharmacy? It's going to give just a complete blanket overview into how you spend. And if we've learned anything in the last two or three years post-COVID, it's the fact that we will be lied to and manipulated, essentially, right, uh, for the greater good, the greater good, for Hot Fuzz fans out there, um, because <clears throat> essentially they're going to try to maximize profit or squeeze you where you can, okay? So universal ledger, privacy goes away, okay? Governance and mandates, okay? So, what do I mean by governance and mandates? Here's, I'm going to fast forward 25 to 30 years in the future, okay? What's going to happen is you, are, you will see, if we move to the central bank digital currency, the CBDC, right? We will have COVID-like housing lockdown restrictions on where you can spend your money, okay? So what's going to happen is imagine you need to go get your medicine refilled. You want to go see a movie. You want to go get a latte at Starbucks. Not today. You can only do that on Tuesdays or Thursdays. And if you think I'm making this kind of stuff up, just look at the country as of Australia. These types of measures are already being done in terms of happened during the COVID lockdown and then are now continuing to happen in terms of where people can and cannot go, which is just kind of ridiculous to me because I always think of Australia as like, you know, the, nut, the nutty brother to the United Kingdom. Um, where, you know, <clears throat> it's basically UK light. Um, but they're far more draconian, I think, than we give them credit for, which is not a good thing. Um, so imagine then you can't get gas on Mondays. What does that mean? Well, you can only get gas, gas uh, in your zip code um, Wednesday, Thursday, and 8 to 12 p.m. on Friday. Now, how in the world are you supposed to know all that, right? Well, this is where it gets interesting, right? <clears throat> because I, I believe what will happen as well is essentially what Huxley and Orwell predicted will be the fact that we're already using universal screens, our smartphones. There will have to be an application that you have to download in order to access your digital currency. And oh yeah, by the way, depending on where you reside in the state, in the zip code, in your neighborhood even, <clears throat> they will have quotas available on what's happening. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in drastic, drastic measures, but it will start happening slowly and curated in a way in which it's for our safety. 
A lot of things that have been coming up over the last several weeks have been around public safeties. Weather. Now, I'm not going to get into uh, climate change and climate deniers and climate truthers and all that kind of fun stuff because that's that's a that's a podcast for somebody else. But assuming that now that we're naming heat waves, we're naming uh, you know these storms or these heat domes that come in. Uh, or even cold domes that come in, uh, it's to put the fear of God in people and the fact that they're not going to be responsible for making their best choices. You know, uh, basically, hunker in place, shelter in place, make sure you have, you know, five days of food and water because <clears throat> who knows if you're going to be able to go to Costco or Fred Meyer or Ralph's or Kroger or anywhere else, right, and be able to buy food for your family. Universal ledger, lack of privacy, mandates, and governance. So central bank digital currency, or CBDCs, is going to be the way that governments essentially clamp down on dissidents and making sure that residents have uh, little to no voice is probably the best way to say it in terms of how they want to spend their money, what they want to spend their time on, and who else uh, has more of a right than you do. Now, if you think that this sounds you know, completely totalitarian, like uh, China or North Korea or Russia or even Brave New World or 1984, you're not wrong. This is the things that we have to be thinking about in terms of what we're changing or exchanging in this case, right? Convenience for freedoms. Colleges and film studios across America are reintroducing masks. Does this mean lockdowns and restrictions are back as one whistleblower claims? I hope so. They worked so well last time. And it's interesting to watch <clears throat> over the last three years now that we've experienced COVID, COVID was essentially a primer event that kind of got out of control, essentially, um, to see how well the world would comply. And I say, and I kind of jokingly say the world would comply, right? Because China basically did nothing because China, right? So I think this is, this is one, one thing to be thinking about in terms of how does it relate to you. Now, those three points is, is kind of the, we come to the point of the so what, you know. So what, Aaron? We're doomed and gloomed, right? This is all going to turn into, you know, Book of Eli or, you know, Mad Max Fury Road or anything else like that. I don't necessarily think it's going to do that. At least, again, not overnight, right? It's going to be slow and gradual as they try and whittle people down. Um, but the so what behind this is to understand where you're at in terms of some, some guidances I would give, right? Guidances around <clears throat> what do you have planned for your financial future, right? Meaning... Not necessarily what you have saved in your 401k. I'm not going to hawk precious metals. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to buy Bitcoin, right? 
those you're you're a grown adult you can do all of those uh critical thinking uh thinking parts on yourself what i'm saying is is understand that this is potentially coming and how does it fit into how your lifestyle and family will be impacted right if you don't have access to money from a bank if atms run out of cash if the united states government outlaws cash again i don't think they necessarily outlaw outlaw it entirely but if they outlawed it and you pay bills or pay uh workers in cash what do you do now i'll just write a check aaron okay what if checks are deprecated or outlawed or restricted meaning you have to have a business account to do it instead of individual because now they want everything funneled through this digital currency so the so what of this is to know what your plan is right and what your plan is is to have a plan to understand where your sources of income come from what your investments are doing what you're invested in right so 401k retirement bitcoin precious metals uh, cash under the mattress anything else like that um what are you doing with all of that how accessible is it to you? In case uh, you depart from us early right and your family has to deal with it what are the things in place right is your will set up to deal with cbdc's <laughs> What happens, what happens, you know, in contractual language where now all of a sudden, you know, we're not dealing in U.S. dollars, we're dealing in digital U.S. dollars, right? These are all things just to have some um, awareness of in order for you to know what choices you need to make for your family. And as I see it in terms of me and my family, um, digital currency, cryptocurrencies, etc. Right? Um, they're they're going to be around uh, long after we're dust on the earth, right? Meaning that it's all part of the machine of the internet. And the the technocratic oath, I think that I as I wanted to start this podcast was talking through. How do we deal with the mechanism of the internet and the machine of the tool that we use every single day that is a playground as much as it is a prison? And I think this is where we have to just understand and know what our limitations are in terms of what it is that we're doing online, what kind of footprint we leave digitally, and then also what it is that we do uh, in terms of what do we spend our time and money on. So my hope is that you found this insightful, right? That you uh, give this a listen. Hopefully this was you know, something that was uh, interesting to you. So thank you. Appreciate it. Until next time. <laughs>